This is my opportunity to whisper in your ear without you getting any germs. <laughs> hey, this is Phil Yanov, and you're with Tech After Five podcast. It's a roundtable edition of this, and I've got my friend uh, Scott Pfeiffer here. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Phil. It's great to be here. You know, I, I'm sitting here saying good morning to you, and I'm thinking some people might be listening to this in the afternoon. I want this to be disruptive. It is okay. We're giving them permission, right? You can listen to this any time of day. You should just say good day. But <laughs> it could be night. Yes. You know, I, welcome, Scott. And ah. it, could be, it could be in the middle of the night. <laughs> All right. We got uh, Scott Pfeiffer here who is uh, with us a lot. And we've got Carol Hamilton back. Uh, she's part of our roundtable here. As we're going to be talking about some cool stuff. Carol, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, um, listen, we have been, <laughs> I don't know about you, but we've kind of been through a tough week. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened. And uh, I am, uh, I'm a little concerned for our Tech After Five audience. I mean, not, I mean, I get it. We're not handing, we're not walking around handing out free beer, but uh, we're also, I mean, a lot of loops that we use to keep ourselves solid, right? A lot of the things that we use to give ourselves meaning just fell apart, didn't they, Scott? They sure did. You know, it's been a very disruptive time. We're all in a very new reality from what we were just a few months ago. And that can be extremely disconcerting. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a friend of mine, a fellow convener, uh, reached out to me yesterday and said, um, he said, what are, you know, he said, uh, he said, both his coworkers, because they're all social, you know, they're all working from home now, both his coworkers and the people for that he normally convenes are coming back to him and they're kind of worried, right? I mean, I mean, and he doesn't know what to say to them. And I said, and part of my advice to him and what really put a point on some of the things we've said previously is that, you know, people are always looking for meaning. Right. Why am I here? And they're looking for a sense of belonging, right? So a sense of purpose and a sense of belonging. And those are two things that maybe by the lack of routine just got ripped away from them. Yeah. Well, that's right. I think people always are looking to be significant in a group and to feel a sense of belonging to that group. And your groups have just been shredded maybe and sent home. And so you're trying to find a new a new way of feeling uh, significant also because, you know, events out of your control have taken such a massive hold of your life and of the life of your community. Maybe you're feeling a little insignificant. Yeah. So we got to figure out some ways to get ourselves uh, back into something that kind of gets us stabilized, right? Get our feet back on the ground, help us feel better and be optimistic, right, Carol? I mean, I know that uh, there's a bunch of techniques about this, but you have been thinking about it. I have. I have because it, with the, the number of ways the news and the headlines can come into your world, I really feel like there has to be some balance and it has to be conscious because there's you can't open your phone. You can't open your emails without getting absolutely inundated. If eight out of 10 of your emails in the subject line say Corona, then the chances are you're getting that blast again of negativity and hopelessness. 
And to your point, uh, to both of you, where you're saying if you don't feel like you're part of a team and that you belong, that can make you feel like you're truly an island. And you're, and then you read more disturbing headlines and it gets even scarier. And now you're still expected to lead others in many cases, whether it's your family, your teams, your whoever it is, your, your clients. How are you holding that balance within so that you have a positive answer to give back, so that you have something that says, and I don't have solutions, I, but I have a glimmer of hope. And without that, I'm not sure how we can expect anybody to hold. And I think the more optimism we can produce in ourselves, the better outcomes we're going to have, the faster this is going to pass, to tell you the truth. Yeah. At least from a business standpoint. Well, and when we say pass, right, again, we know we've got n- almost no control over the outside world, right? And we have to right. say, I've got no control over that. Yep. I do have every bit of control over how I respond to it. Now, I say yes. every bit, even that's not entirely true. Our brains will act against us, right? Our brains are designed to keep us out of danger. And right now, they're really well attuned to, there are signals of danger in the environment and I'm looking for it, right? You know, growing up in the environment I did, my brain is wired for danger all the time. If I, you know, see someone, you know, in traffic and they're driving too fast, watch a guy go through a stoplight yesterday, right? And I was thinking, and in the moment, I was thinking, hey, he's a danger to himself and others. But in my mind, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm on high alert and I'm thinking he or she, whoever, I don't care, but whoever's driving, but the driver is in that case too where, they're distracted for some reason, right? I mean, they're not paying attention to the world around them. Again, I don't know what's going on inside their head, but what it has caused them to do is to not pay attention, not be in the moment. And I think it it can be hard to do that. Uh, And so we've got to have some ideas about how we go about better grounding ourselves so we can be in the moment, so we can live with all the virtues that we think are important, right? Wisdom, courage, temperance, justice. How do I do that? How do I be in the moment? How do I live with virtue um, when right now I just kind of feel my brain is going, danger, Will Robinson? It's going, it's a little bit scared. It's a little bit alerty. What am I going to do about that? So I need, I need to get some loops, get back to some loops that make me feel comfortable, right? And I, and I and, and say, I get it. The world got weird. My brain's doing this high alert stuff, but I cannot be feeding it danger signals all the time without me going into panic mode. Right, Scott? Uh, well, that's exactly right. You know, you go through these just events that just rip your fabric apart, right? I like to, you know, Phil, we've talked before. I like to think of the future as just almost an unknowable thing. We have this illusion that we know what the future is going to bring and that we're in control of it. And we reinforce that with these stories we tell ourselves about how good we are at predicting the future. And we go through our days and when things happen that we thought were going to happen, we say, oh, I'm so good at predicting the future. And then we discount stories when every day we come home and say, oh, I didn't get anything done today. I thought I was going to get done today. My whole day got hijacked but we discount those as sort of aberrations when they're really the norm. We're terrible at predicting the future. And so if you think back three months or six months, did you predict that you'd be in this situation right now today? I don't think anybody did. Um, So what makes you think that you're going to be all of a sudden Nostradamus and you know what's going to happen six months or a year from now? Spoiler alert, you're not. So you don't know. 
You don't know. And that's part of what makes you uncomfortable, but it's also part of what should allow you to take your worries and your worst case scenario snowballs and just say, I'm terrible at predicting the future in the normal case. What makes me think I could predict the future in this abnormal case? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> and I could not agree with you more. And it is a line I find myself saying to people a lot. I am terrible at predicting the future, right? I mean, well, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. Here's a range of possibilities, but I am terrible at predicting the future. So I, I just don't know. And, and the thing is, that gives me, I mean, I think some people think I'm just trying to dodge the answer and maybe I am, but the idea of saying, look, I don't know, but here's what I do know. Me, the person that I trust, right, and having you and Carol around as people that I can uh, lean on for advice, right, I will make the best decision then that I can, just like I'm making the best decision now that I am, right? I mean, so in the moment, I'm going to have my whole head here. I'm going to use it, and I use it the best of my abilities. So I will, me in the moment, made a good decision. Uh, I may decide a day or a week, a month from now, that wasn't great. But I can also look at that back at myself and say, the Phil that lived in that time did the best he could with what he knew, right? Right. And I think it comes back to, in the simplest of terms, just exactly what you're saying about feeding. So if you think there's an old fable about there's two dogs in our head and you can't feed both. So which one do you want to feed? The one of doom and gloom or the one of hope and optimism? And it's not about just being a Pollyanna and saying, oh, the world's going to be awesome because that too is a prediction that we can't make. But what we can say is I'm going to be aware of what could come out of this that's positive. I'm going to be aware that there is potential for positive and I'm going to have to pay attention in order to see it because the dog that's, that's the negative, the doom and gloom. And let's just put that into the headlines for the moment. That dog is a really loud and high, high attentive drawing dog. And it's now become, it has to become a conscious decision that says, well, I'm making the best decisions I can. And the dog who says, well, they're probably going to be wrong. You go, well, we'll see. (laughs) And just let that go. Yeah. I mean, the way that story goes, right, is I've got two dogs fighting my head, a white dog and a black dog. And one, the one dog is telling me, the white dog is telling me that you know, I'm ready for the moment. I've got everything together. I can make this work. And the black dog is, is leading me into doom and ruin, right, and believing it. And the question becomes, well, which dog is winning the fight? And the answer is the one I'm feeding the most. Right. Exactly. And so, it's a conscious decision. And that's, I think, what we were going to, we, we thought, talked about talking about, too, which is that the, there are decisions within the lack of control. And the decisions are, how am I going to feel about it? How, how am I going to walk the earth in that experience? How am I going to look at that and say, okay, that guy just cut me off. Well, you know what? I'm just really glad neither of us had to meet fender to fender and move on. And rather than taking that home and going, oh, the world's gone crazy. This guy drove crazy. Because right? that just uh, ruins more moments. Yeah, yeah, and and I've got a tool for that in that moment. Well, let's come back. We'll come back to that at another time because I, I want to talk about that longer. But yeah. today, it's the how do I get myself into that loop? Right? How can I be? Uh, you know, and we want to use the word positive or optimistic. It's somewhere in that space. And again, n- none of us need to be a Pollyanna. That doesn't even serve us well, right? right. But no. the idea is to say 
uh, I'm complete and whole. I'm going to do the best I can now, just like I did before, and I will do that again in the future. And how will I do that in this moment? And how do I, and can I reflect that back out to other people, right? I mean, part of my concern, Carol, is, you know, I've got an 89-year-old mother who's sheltering in place. Now, good news is she's used to doing that, right? I mean, she lives by herself in a farm in the middle of nowhere. Um, she's well supplied. Her home is cozy. She is used to being on her own. The only thing that, you know, and I call her regularly, my siblings call her regularly. We're doing that to kind of keep her moving along and make sure she's okay. And again, I'm getting all good signals, but, uh, you know, her diet, her media diet is alarmist. Right. At best, right? Right. So, I mean, I feel like for me, I have to be able to reflect back a little calm when we're having this conversation saying, well, I don't know, but I'm going to do the best I can. You'll right. do the best you can. You're in a good spot. Let's enjoy the moment. You know, what can I do with this? So, Carol, back to you on this piece. I mean, what is some advice? I mean, I know you do this inside of corporate environments. People are asking you, how can we be positive in a hard time? What kind of advice are you giving them? Well, I think you got to choose the voices that you're bringing in. And I think it becomes really important to consciously choose voices that lift you up. Now, there are people who get positive jabs out of, out of um, outrageous media, and I'm not arguing with how you get it. I'm just saying that if you feel that you're starting to dip, if you're starting to have some depression, or, or, or if the anxiety is getting is starting to interrupt things that uh, that keep you from moving towards positive things and positive outcomes. It might be time to introduce some outside outside voices, which is one of the reasons we've been doing this podcast is to be that voice that says there is somebody outside of this. Another thing is to distract yourself. The whole point of this is that we're very easily distracted right now because we're on edge and there's so many people calling. So if you were to look back in 10 months from today and say, you know, there were some silver linings there, what could those be? Yeah. And there's a lot so that, of options. Go ahead. Right. That not, but I mean, to me, I'm going to take what you did right there and package it tight, right? Choose our distractions wisely. Understand that we can't stay focused on all of this stuff all of the time. We need to find something that uh, invigorates us in a positive, right? So we got to find some tools for doing that. I mean, uh, Scott and I have talked about this in the past. In fact, I think we're about to drop another episode of another podcast where we talked about some of those things. But Scott, we've got tools, right, for keeping ourselves in a positive state of mind. We do. Uh, one of the big things that I hear people talk about when they are justifying why they are worrying is that they say, well, I have to be able to plan. So I think one big tool is knowing the difference between worrying and planning. Uh, and you can tell the difference mostly by how they make you feel. Worrying is all about what's going to happen to me or what could possibly happen to me. And it makes you feel, um, insignificant and makes you want to crawl up in a ball. Whereas planning is all about actions that you're going to take and it makes you feel energized and it sets some of that anxiety aside. So planning's good. As Carol said, if you do the exercise of going out 10 months or a year and looking back on what the silver linings could have been, that can lead towards actions that you can take right now to possibly take advantage of those opportunities. That's planning. That's going to make you feel good worrying about, oh, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose my wife. That's just worrying. 
and that's what we need to avoid. And Phil and I have a couple of tricks for that. And one is, um, if you feel yourself worrying, bring your event horizon back in. Grab that wherever you're worrying about. You're worrying about six months from now. You're worrying about a year from now. Grab that event horizon and pull it back to one minute from now. And just don't let yourself tell yourself, I'm not going to let myself think about anything that's going to happen more than one minute away or more than five minutes away or more than an hour away. Because, you know, even in the worst case scenarios, I can survive the next minute. I might not be able to survive the next 10 years or a year or month, but I know I can, I can be okay the next minute. Now, obviously that's not true if you're, you know, like deathly sick and you got to go take care of yourself. But in normal circumstances for most of our listeners, if you're worrying, you find yourself worrying and snowballing, you can pull that event horizon in and force yourself to only think about right now because you're probably okay right now. Yeah. So into that point, right? I mean, we all got here brick by brick and none of us are 10 years old, right? We've got miles on us at this point in our lives. And we did this by building our lives brick by brick. So I want to come back to both of those things. I'm going to challenge Carol to something here in just a second. But we did things that made sense, hopefully, much of the time. Well, we, we've all got a few of those we'd like to forget, but we, you know, we, we did things that made sense with time. It's how we got to this moment, right? So we bring that horizon in, and once we've got ourselves settled, now I want to come back to where Carol was and say, you know, what am I a month from now or a year from now or further? What am I going to be proud of having done in this moment, right? So one of the things I want to do, Carol, is I want us to challenge our audience to say, all right, use the tools we've talked about, use this positivity to infect yourself a little bit and understand that you're going to build your life brick by brick, regardless of the environment you're in. But I would like for us to challenge people to grab a 30-day goal and say, you know what, here, what am I going to be proud of having done in this, right? So what might, what kinds of goals, Carol, do you think someone might set for themselves to say, you know what, today, let's, let's imagine this thing drops tomorrow. It's March 20th, right? So what will I have done by April 20th that I am proud of? And it, it allowed me to reuse the time. Got some ideas for what people might stick in their heads for that? Well, I think there's always the interest of a profession. Is there an idea you've always wanted to pitch? Is this a proposal that you could put together and just let yourself wander off into those ethers and gather in that that thing that you've always had an idea around that when times get calmer, you could bring in? Or is there an innovation in the product or service that you're doing that you've always thought would be really cool, but it didn't seem like the timing was right? And maybe now is the perfect time for a little bit of reinvention as we once, once we're back into the office. From a personal level, I think there's all kinds of fun things. Like how many people I've met who've said, I just wish I could learn another language. Holy cow. Talk about time. And that is going to distract your brain. It's going to take your brain and go somewhere else. And if you've got kids in the house who are driving you crazy, this is a wonderful way to go play with that. You know, do it together because the chances are they'll learn it faster than you do and they'll really enjoy that. So go do something that's a new skill that you can do within whatever confines you're operating within. And instead of looking at the list of things you can't do, look at the list of things you can. 
because yeah, I mean, there's looking- pitifully little, right? There's pitifully little in our lives we couldn't be better at in 30 days, or we couldn't accomplish something useful in yeah. 30 days, right? I mean, I will not be Itzhak Perlman in 30 days, but I could teach myself to play a song on the ukulele and you be could. that much further ahead, right? You could. And you could uh, teach yourself, you know, the first, the, the, 25 most important phrases to know in a language when you're traveling, like, you know, what's the food, how much does it cost, where's the restroom, that kind of thing, and play with that. Uh, There's all kinds of little tiny things, and this is where I think we have to really focus. Optimism comes in small packages. It isn't about reading that that monumental sentence that makes you go, ah, and the clouds open and you're, you're enlightened. It's in those little tiny things that you see on a daily basis that you go, that's interesting, and that, I'm going to let that good, positive, interesting thing draw my attention. And, and it, you know, whether it's looking at the fact that you have paper towels um, it's because you're out of toilet paper, that's a good thing in this particular realm that we're looking at. But it's, ti- it's finding those little tiny pieces because that adds up into a day that feels better. And a day that feels better lets you work towards those goals, and I love the distraction of goals. Scott, what would if, if if you did anything leap to mind for you on the thirty day goal? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great idea. I have a couple of great examples. I have a friend who is an attorney who lives in Greenville but works in Anderson, and for a long time they've been wanting to set up a home office so they don't have to drive to Anderson every day. But it's been sort of half set up, and there's never enough time to get to it. Well, distracting themselves by doing that now, and they come in, they're setting it up, they're getting it all ready. Um, and what she told me was, you know, I'm setting it up in a way that when this is over, I have set something up that's going to make my business better. I won't have to go to the office every day. I'll be able to work from home more easily. So it's not just, she's taken sort of the lemons of, I have to work from home and turning it into, this is something that's going to make my business better in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking yesterday in downtown Greenville and I, you pass all these restaurants. Hey, we're open for carry out. We're open for carry out. Cause in South Carolina, we've shut down all dine in. Um, but one of them had a sign up that said, Hey, we're taking advantage of this to um, do a bunch of repairs and upgrades. So since we have to be closed anyway, bam, we, we had these things on the, on the plan for a while always was kind of, when are we going to shut down to get it done? Should we do it at night, you know, over time? But, Hey, this is a perfect opportunity. Boom. Um, I'm going to say you led me, Scott, right there to what I think is the question I want to challenge the audience with. And the question that I came up with is, what is the perfect thing for you to begin right now? You know, what does this opportunity in time, the right now, make available to you? Something Let's imagine, I mean, quite probably for most of us, it's something we've been putting off because we said we didn't have the time to do it, right? Our resources were otherwise very reasonably engaged, but we're in a different time, right? And so, you know, you just gave one great example of a restaurant who says, I mean, I thought that's more than making lemonade out of lemons. It's saying, you know what, this is a thing we always knew we were going to do. We're going to do this now because we have the resources available, right? That's somebody who's planning, not worrying, right? If you're stuck in worry, you're not able to take action because your entire brain is, what if this, this bad thing's going to happen? And you've got to get out of that. My dad used to tell me, um, quit thinking about the problem and think about the solution. Yeah. And that's a good definition for worrying versus planning. 
Right. And I think if you can't, I mean, let's say that you're just, your brain just won't go there. You can't figure out what to do for yourself. You just, oh, I can't do this because of that. And I, you know, I can't set up my home office because of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If you absolutely can't find something, go find something you can help somebody else do. So if you're feeling stuck, these are times when we can help each other. So we're on a a group called Next Door, which is about community. And it's a collection of neighborhoods that all get on. And somebody raised the the point that our local restaurants aren't going to be able to survive this if we don't step in. So if you're driving through the drive-thru, think about going local instead. And if they're not going to be able to open, because right now they're still kind of open and we don't know what's coming, go buy gift certificates. Just just get online and buy a bunch of gift certificates so that they get an infusion of cash because if you want them there at the end of this, we need to step in now. Now, that's the kind of thing that could also be a goal. I'm going to find 10 ways to help my neighbors. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on 10 ways to step into a client's world and just give something to them in the, in the name of the greater whole, which I think starts opening our brains into what else could I do? And well, gets I us out of that argument. Go ahead. I think it's perfect. I mean, and, and the thing is, so there's, you know, once I've got, once I figure out how to take care of me, that allows me then to mo- open my eyes up and move a little further. But this is the moment where I say, I go to my clients, the people who've been writing me a check and say, all right, the world's changed. How, how, what are you worried about right now? How can I help you with that? Right. I mean, you're talking about helping the community. That's another circle. We ought to be doing that as well. But the thing is your clients are in some new space and there's an opportunity to help them figure that out. Right. I mean, and I've, I've got, you know, some of my own that are coming in and some folks that I suspect I'm about ready to onboard that, you know, one, the conversation we're about to have is going to lead me to onboarding them with something new because they're a little bit concerned about what's coming, but I'm in a spot where I can help them just kind of work through those questions and figure that out. Yeah. You know, Phil, when you're in that spot where you're worried and you're down, sometimes you just can't, your brain just doesn't even work to be able to come up with these ideas. Yeah. And so, one thing we've said before is when you're in a spot in a moment when you're feeling okay and your brain can work, make a list of 10 things you can do to make yourself feel better. Yep. And on that list, maybe planning for my business is one. And on my list, certainly helping others is one because helping others almost always snaps me out of feeling bad. Right. I have other things on my list too. Read a book. Uh, and they need, you need to have a wide variety of things on the list. There needs to be some things you can do by yourself, especially now. Some things you can do with other people remotely, like maybe play a game on the internet with friends, right? Uh, there needs to be some things you can do at night when everything's closed, some things you can do during the day, like take a walk. Um, but you need to have a wide variety of things on that list of 10. Working, you know, planning for your business and, and or learning a new skill and helping others, all the things we've talked about need to be on that list. Other things need to be, meditate could be on that list. Uh, watch right. a television show could be on that list, you know, but in a moment when you're feeling good, make a list and keep it handy. And then when you're down and your brain doesn't work, you right. have that brain cloud, you can pull the list out and just pick off of it. And if you have a gamer to-do like list, me, a you can number them and roll a die. <laughs> but yep, right. but yeah. that helps you. I think having the list really can help you because when you're in the midst of feeling down, it's really tough to come up with creative ideas. Don't you think so, Carol? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that collaborating with people on that list, if you need help, reach out. This is where you, you talk to your buddies, get a little vulnerable with people you feel safe with and say, you know what, I'm having trouble thinking of the list and have and work together with that. Because yeah. I, I don't think we should carry the burden of all of this alone. I think it, it is lessened by sharing. But I wanted to get back to with that meditation piece. You know, we work so heavily with leaders in this meditation thing because it's such a valuable tool in general, but especially now. Um, I'm the kind of person who came to meditation hard. I just sitting in the room, you know, gazing into whatever and focusing. That just isn't my shtick. And what I, what I find in, in these times, I finally got there, but in these times, it's much harder even still. And so what I suggest is think about getting a guided meditation. Find a voice in someone that you like. You can even, by the way, in a good day, um, record your own. What thoughts do you want to be having? What thoughts do you want to be putting out? And just you know, make a little list and then just record it into something like this and play it back because it will remind you in your own words what you want to be thinking about and how you want to feel. And just playing that before it gets bad can be really helpful. It's easier to, to hedge off the bad than to wait until you're in the throes of it. There's still ways to get out, but it's much easier if you can be really proactive. And yeah. optimism is a muscle that needs to be, it, it needs to get worked. And so giving yourself lots of, not necessarily hard scheduled, but included times to do that can be incredibly beneficial. Yeah, I love that, Carol. And, you know, Phil, you and I talk about another activity that's sort of similar to that, that we advise people to do every day that can also help lift you up out of that thing. And that's journaling, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Taking notes, yeah. figuring out where you are. There's a bunch of good ways to do that. Um, but, you know, it might be as simple as a gratitude journal, writing down, you know, I've done, I've got an exercise I'm doing at the moment where I just say today I'm grateful for and I just got two or three things in it. And that's kind of where yeah. I'm going. But I've done all kinds of journaling, some of it really deep and intense, some of it very casual, just kind of taking notes on where I am and how I feel. And I keep track of it in a book, which is in my briefcase back there. Um, so that's kind of the thing that I'm doing at the moment, but I think that might be useful for people too. I'll tell you what, we will come back to that. We're kind of out of time for today's episode. Um, but again, I hope that this is something we can do regularly here is to kind of talk to you and talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the world and give you some good advice on how to deal with uh, what you've got in front of you. Uh, Scott Pfeiffer, thank you for being here, friend. Tell people how they can find you. You can find me at um, strategybusinessconsulting at gmail.com. I'm on LinkedIn at Scott Pfeiffer, and I'm on Twitter at F, at F Scott P. You can tweet F Scott P, and you he can. will possibly tweet you back. Very likely. Yeah. Carol Hamilton, how do people find you? They can find person? me at carol at redfoxroad.com or they can go on to LinkedIn at Carol Hamilton Live. Love to have conversation. Yeah, super. Well, I am Phil Yanov and you can find me at philyanov.com and find out that'll kind of lead you to what I'm doing and the stuff we're doing around Tech After Five. So even if we're not having live events, we've got some ideas on how we can get you together in the virtual world. But we hope that you will subscribe to this podcast and lead some of your pals to the podcast as well because uh, we just want to help folks and this is the way we think we can do it best. Uh, until next time, thanks a lot. Thank you.